Hey guys, welcome to our podcast. Hey, hey. I'm Julian. This is Aaron. We're going to talk about whatever we want to because we have your ears right now. I think a lot of listeners like you love to listen to people like us talk about whatever. So that's what we're going to discuss today is whatever. We hope to entertain you and become your friends. Please love me. Sorry. Yeah. Let's say we uh, jump right in. Yeah. What's uh, what's on your mind, Julian? Well, in the beginning, humans exist. Uh-huh. And then they talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And this is the part where it gets interesting. They used to use stories to convey ideas. They would start by telling a myth or a legend, and they could take that and apply it to what's going on in their life. Like this character in this story that all of us know because it's legend that's been passed down to all of us. This is like when that happened. Mm -hmm. Then later on, those stories became condensed down into terms or words or phrases. Like for example, Trojan horse makes you think of that story, right? Mm -hmm. You know all the context of it, you know the background. But for a lot of those words, they became root words of English words. Mm -hmm. So they're from different languages, different cultures. We don't know those stories. We just know the words that we're left with. And that's why a lot of the time you'll see a word in English is two different words that might not relate to the actual meaning of the word today. It's usually because it relates to a story that people would have gotten the context of before. Hmm. So we used to have in Shakespeare time, a lot of very complex words that were able to provide a lot of transmissions of ideas very succinctly. But eventually humans got lazy and they decided to ignore most words and only know like eight words. (laughs) Then we kind of lost a lot of that depth of language. But something had to change to fill that communication gap. So what do we see today? Well, we kind of see something similar to what we saw in the past. We see not words that are specific, but we see references to things. We see gifts, references to things that all of us know. Kind of like the legends of old, we see references to media that we all know these days. So references to movies, to TV shows, stuff like that. We know the characters, we know how it relates to our lives. In daily conversation, we can make references to things, that works. But a lot of our conversation depth is kind of limited because we don't have access to a gift keyboard in real life. Communication is like, it's gone through much evolution. Cultures, I think, have a lot to do with it too. Cultural influences. True. There are certain ways of communicating that are far different from, you know, at least what we see here in America. I was going to say, like, communication, though, I think has kind of lost and also gained grip. I think within the past 10 years. This is just not backed by oh, really okay. anything yeah. factual. I don't have a degree in anything. But this is how I view it, is that just in the 10 years, we've been so exposed to like social media and just the internet in general that I think in a way we've gained communication and we've gained more understanding in other cultures and other ways of life. So that is nice. I think we've like as the world and humankind has like, I think adapted to that a little bit more at least within the younger generations. But I think with so much exposure to that, some people have lost touch and communication with the real world, Mm -hmm. that it's kind of got ahead of them. And, you know, I was talking to a buddy of mine over the years, from his perspective, he's seen Generation Z, all these guys coming in, seem to be on the more apprehensive side of doing things. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, is is it okay if I do this? Is it okay if I do that? You know, very mild and very careful. That's pretty true, yeah. They do everything with rubber gloves. Yeah, like at least here. (laughs) Yeah. He was wondering, I was like, why why are all the kids like that? What is making them... Walking on eggshells. Yeah, walking on eggshells. 
more so than the previous generations. Mm. That's what I brought up to him. I said, I think it's the exposure to technology. I think so many people nowadays have become more black and white about things and mm. rule-based. There's two options. Which one do I do? Yeah. You know? I, I feel know. like I see a lot of TikToks that are like, hey, if I meet a person who's like this, what do I do? And the person like gives the one definitive answer. They're like, a lot of people ask that. I am a representative of this community. I will tell yeah. you. Yeah, exactly. And I think part of it has to do with the world that we live in today too, where it's like there's rights and wrongs to everything, but there's more wrongs. You know, you'll get chewed out for pretty much anything nowadays. Yeah, that's yeah, true. You know, people... <laughs> people are just angry. <laughs> people are just angry. Everybody has a finger in the air. And I think people are very wary. I kind of want to know a little bit more about what the impact of social media is on all of that. I think it's kind of replaced a certain degree of communication. It's kind of like the easy way out of communicating. Naturally, mm. humans are shy about communicating bluntly uh -huh. from a young age. At least most of us are told how to act and, you know, manners mm. and be polite and stuff. Right. Doing something in person with another mm -hmm. person and communicating with them face to face, it takes a little bit of growth to try to get past that shyness and stand your ground. Like a little bit of familiarity with the person, but also like Right? I mean, like... Yeah, that's exactly what I'm getting at. Yeah, okay. With so much exposure to social media, I think it's kind of given people an outlet and another way to not necessarily communicate directly, but communicate in a way that pleases yourself. Yeah, that's true. I mean, social media is extremely blunt. That's been talked about for a long time. It's been like, oh, if you're behind a computer, you have yeah. like, you know. Social media is very blunt. And mm -hmm. that's the thing. You can be blunt without... Only in the comments can they... Only in the comments can... <laughs> Afterwards. <laughs> but what do comments do? They don't really, they don't really affect me like... Right, a yeah. person in real life would. Mm -hmm. So that's just a minute example. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I do kind of in life find myself craving that level of bluntness that exists on the internet. In real life? In some ways. Because I feel like I don't like having to diffuse things or beat around the bush too much. If you're trying to do something, get something accomplished, I feel like it is necessary for progress. Does that make sense? Uh -huh. Not that it's resulted in much progress in the world. <laughs> Communication and its evolution up to this point in human history. Social media bad. Uh, get off of it. Yeah. If you have Instagram, you should definitely delete that. Yeah, you need to uh, find an occupation. <laughs> <laughs> As if everybody who has Instagram. What about the people who make money on Instagram? Yeah, exactly. Those people need to get a job. Yeah. <laughs> Do something. Yeah. Julian had a pretty good idea. And uh, it's something that is pretty much always on my mind. The difference between analog and digital. Very much growing up, I've never done anything analog. All the art that I've done, any projects that I've done have all been digital based. They're all on that hard drive right there. So just to kind of give you an idea, Julian is a very skilled artist. Um, oh, thanks. Multimedia. Wow. As is Aaron, um, in many ways. You know, both of us, you know, we, we do appreciate the arts. Books, you know, literature, film, paintings, whatever. Whatever it is. Aaron draws incredibly. Continue. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> but now the question is the way that we achieve the media analog or digital. Now what's the difference? Well, let's take for example a beautiful photo. It could have come from a sensor or it could have come from 35 millimeter roll of film. Which one is better? Here's my stance. Mm. None is better than the other. Yeah, I agree with that honestly. They have two totally different looks, two totally different feels, mm -hmm. and it honestly just depends on the person. Yeah. So for me, I am a proponent of an analog medium. I love to shoot on film. I love the feel of it. And I think part of the reason is living with my grandpa, you know, he had all kinds of old school cameras. It was just a little bit more fun, a little bit more enjoyable. I've always respected and loved the look of digital cameras and the results that they produce, but there was something about it. It was the feel. Yeah. And I don't want to say the nostalgia because it wasn't really a nostalgic thing. It was more of the experience. You do have to put like a lot more thought into it when you yeah. do analog, I feel like. There's something more whimsical about it too. Mm. Childlike. It's like a toy, 
almost. Yeah. It's more of like a toy than it is. You can is. kind of understand it, and it's like, it's just there yeah. doing its thing. It's a tool, obviously, <laughs> yeah. and it's a way to create things, but in a way, it's like, it's like a toy, you know? Yeah. There's an enjoyable factor to it. And I agree with you totally. Analog has a very unique look, and, and people have tried to replicate that with digital, but it never gets to the same spot. They can create, like, I think, equally beautiful images, but, like, there is a, a feel and a, just sort of a look to analog film that you can't replicate that with, with, with digital, with the technology we have now. I mean, especially the fact that like film is basically resolutionless. It just depends on how well you scan it because it's just photons of light Yeah, is the megapixel size, you know? <laughs> right. It's the grain on the nitrate film. So for me, I do not have a disposable income. So I've always liked the idea that I can, with digital, create an unlimited amount of content and then throw all of it away and then edit it to oblivion and try things and then unedit it and like try a different edit. It's very non-destructive, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Whereas I've always felt like, obviously, there's something desirable about the forethought and kind of the way that you have to be intentional about it. But I've always liked the sort of the privilege of being able to shoot willy-nilly and then throw most of it away and then keep like one or two good things from it that I get from digital. That's the beauty of digital. You know, you, you have so much flexibility mm -hmm. and so much room to do whatever you want, make mistakes however however, yeah. however often you want, and not feel necessarily bad about it. You know, you compare it to the way movies were shot even 10 years ago. Shooting on film is like one of the hardest things. The stars have to align to make sure that these shots are just fine. Digital, you don't have that. You know, you could just go straight away, get your shot, and then retake if you need to. But I will have to say that one of the reasons why I just, I love analog is because it kind of forces you to be an artist, even if you're not. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, whatever you're shooting with, whatever you're working with involves money, you purchase the film, you purchase this moment, basically, and you have to make it count. Yeah. So when it's, when it comes down to that, it, it really forces your creative aspect to work at its full mm -hmm. potential for every shot, you know? that That's an interesting point you you made because like I feel like I've always considered myself not a creator exactly or not like not I mean I feel like I am an artist but I don't consider myself like a traditional artist I consider myself much more of an editor I feel like I can take footage that is terrible and turn it into something interesting and worth watching and then if I take like decent or good footage I can turn that into something amazing but mostly through editing I once recorded a video in a day and spent three months editing it I feel like I have a lot of creative control that way so I think that's something that digital allows you to do but I think it's interesting the idea of sort of doing all that on the day that you're shooting it with analog I'd rather put that effort into it at home <laughs> and this kind of goes back to my point about our last topic of conversation about social media and how communication has mm -hmm. degraded a little bit but I think as time has progressed in general as technology has become more advanced and things have become more accessible it's given less room for people to really express themselves from the heart <laughs> I don't know does that make sense I think so like you mean like with digital you can't quite achieve that kind of organicness that you mm -hmm. can with analog yeah exactly it's like more human yeah yeah I mean I feel like ultimately analog mediums are also technology they're just much less advanced technology that we have had a lot of time to grow roots into if that's that makes sense uh -huh. like as a culture we've learned really well how to use that i feel like it's kind of been fully explored 
not yeah. not really, but like much more than than digital art has. People are good at using it. Yeah, so you know, there there are two totally different formats, and there are two totally different styles, and none is really better than the other. They're just very different and produce very different results, and both very respected mediums because yeah. they can both accomplish much. Has there ever been historically like another time where there was a moment where we were changing mediums as far as like art? Because I know, like, historically with painting, there was, like, oil and then acrylic. And, like, people developed different styles and different techniques to make the most of those. But yeah. I feel like photography, at least, has been around a much shorter amount of time, obviously. So I don't know if there was anything with regards to, like, the way you would get that. Like, you know, the medium. I feel like this is maybe, maybe the first time such a huge inflection point has been happening. I mean, there's been debates on styles during the Renaissance. Those were style changes. It wasn't necessarily the way of achieving the artwork. I feel like even just mediums in general are a lot more popular as far as like things that can change these days. Like even animation is fairly recent, I think. Mm -hmm. That's a new medium that didn't exist before it. Right. But I can't think of a lot of new mediums that were developed in the course of history before photography existed. I guess animation has taken its roots in so many different ways. You know, you've had hieroglyphs. Oh, true. Here's what happened. Here's a story. Stories with drawings, yeah. you know? Yeah, okay. That was kind of frame by frame, but like scattered across the side of a pyramid instead of yeah. moving in front of you being replaced by the last one. And that's the neat thing is that humans have always been so creative and we have so much artistic ability, so much artistic potential. And look, now we have podcasts. I mean, that's new, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> now this depends of an, entirely upon you, the listener, if this is an art form or not. <laughs> I think my voice is art, personally. I've always believed that. Well, thanks.